This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard Episode 163, Part 5. All right, so we're back at the Vice article. We took a little short uh, detour there over to OpenAI's initial opening statement, ladies and gentlemen, from back in 2015. It says, now eight years later, we are faced with a company that is neither transparent nor driven by positive human impact, but instead, as many critics, including co-founder Elon Musk, have argued, is powered by speed and profit. Now, they send Musk out of the mix back in, I think, 2018, he had cited, uh, he had to work on Tesla and SpaceX. Uh, but they, they have must split off because his job is to play Tony Stark. So now he sits on the outside of projects like OpenAI that he helped create, and he pretends that, you know, they've gone in the wrong direction. Well, get back in there, Musk, and call for it to be shut down. Obviously, he's not going to do that because he's just playing a character. These are just WWE characters, all right? And you folks... Um, I mean, you know, you know WWE a little bit. I wasn't big into it, but uh, you would take uh, the big characters like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you know, people like that. They would play the same character all the time. And then you had the bit players, these actors, you know, these wrestler actors. And one match, they might be Don the Dentist and then tomorrow night you're like wait isn't that the same guy and his name is like ricky the plumber and then the, the the next night he comes out he's like joey the clown and he's got a midget with him dressed up that he throws across the ring that's what it is these guys are no different than the influencers you see on social media and the politicians and the talking heads you know on television you'll see a blonde on fox she's ex-conservative she's like we have to wave the flag and salute the flag and do the pledge of allegiance in school and then two weeks later she's an msnbc broadcaster she's got a different outfit on and she's sitting there talking about how it's racist to wave the american flag the same thing these guys are just actors they're all actors they play roles so musk currently his job is to play iron man that's what he's been doing the last few years setting himself up for this iron man character goes on to say in this company is unleashing technology that while flawed is still poised to increase some elements of workspace automation at the expense of human employees google for example has highlighted the efficiency gains from artificial intelligence that auto completes code as it lays off thousands of workers 
Well, there you go. That's like Codex, the one that OpenAI is running in partnership with uh, Microsoft now. And so it helps software engineers. They told you, uh, go to school, learn to code. You don't need to be a trucker, learn to code. Uh, and then you go to learn to code, and while you're coding, you're training the artificial intelligence to code, and before you know it, you're laid off. Then they tell you, uh, I don't know, be a truck driver. <laughs> I mean, what's left after that, folks? What's left after you uh, help train your replacement? goes on to say, when OpenAI first began, it was envisioned as doing basic AI research in an open way with undetermined ends. Co-founder Greg Bachman told The New Yorker, quote, our goal right now is to do the best thing there is to do. It's a little vague, end quote. This resulted in a shift in direction in 2018 when the company looked to capital resources for some direction. Quote, our primary fiduciary duty is to humanity. We anticipate needing to marshal substantial resources to fulfill our mission, end quote. The company wrote in an updated charter in 2018. Of course, three years earlier, they were saying, oh, we got a billion dollars. We're never going to spend this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, folks. We're the Marvel superheroes. We're just looking out for humanity. <laughs> what a joke. How, how do people put their faith in these billionaire scumbags. You don't think these guys became billionaires by being philanthropic. What do you think these guys, in their 20s, they came up uh, scraping together some cash at the end of the week after paying their bills and they used their extra cash to go down to the grocery store and buy canned vegetables and donated them to their local church food bank? I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. These guys are billionaires because they are frontmen. They are oligarchs for the state. Goes on to say, by March 2019, OpenAI shed its nonprofit status and set up a, quote, capped profit, end quote, sector. We've talked about this, in which the company could now receive investments and would provide investors with profit capped at 100 times their investment. Investors have a cap of 100 times their investment. So if Elon Musk gave him a million dollars, he's going to be capped at a $100 million return. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke. It goes on. The company's decision was likely a result of its desire to compete with big tech rivals like Google and ended up receiving a $1 billion investment shortly after from Microsoft. In the blog post announcing the formation of a for-profit company, OpenAI continued to use the same language we see today, declaring its mission to, quote, ensure that artificial intelli general intelligence, AGI, benefits all of humanity, end quote. As Mother uh, Board wrote, when the news was first announced, it's incredibly difficult to believe that venture capitalists can save humanity when their main goal is profit. And it's not just profit. They should say venture capitalists and transhumanist technocrats, all right, whose job it is to enslave humanity and or exterminate them. I mean, seriously. Seriously, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's like reading a long joke here. Goes on to say the company faced backlash during its announcement and subsequent release of its GPT-2 language model in 2019. 
At first, the company said it wouldn't be releasing the training model's source code due to concerns about malicious applications of the technology. Right, so they're the purveyors of uh, the ethics that go behind this. Of course, initially it was to give it to humanity and let humanity decide what to do with it. So if humanity decides to turn chat GPT-2 into a, a racist, toothless redneck, then that's what humanity chose. Now, it's no longer about the mission of serving humanity. It's about the mission of serving the technocratic, transhumanist, billionaire oligarchs. And that's what it always was about. That's what it was always about. And they're just operating on behalf of the state, folks. It's to serve the state. It goes on to say, while this is in part reflected, the company's commitment to developing beneficial AI, it was also not very open. Critics wondered why the company would announce a tool only to withhold it, deeming it a publicity stunt. Three months later, the company released the model on the open source coding platform GitHub. All right, and then we know about GitHub. We talked about that again. Microsoft, this is why, because Microsoft put the investment in, saying that this action was, quote, a key foundation of responsible publication in AI, particularly in the context of powerful generative models, end quote. Goes on to say, according to investigative reporter Karen Howe, who spent three days at the company in 2020, OpenAI's internal culture began to reflect less on the careful, research-driven AI development process and more on getting ahead, leading to accusations of fueling the, quote, AI hype cycle, end quote. Employees were now being instructed to keep quiet about their work and embody the new company charter. Quote, there is a misalignment between what the company publicly espouses and how it operates behind closed doors. Uh, Yeah, like every company goes on to say over time, it has allowed a fierce competitiveness and mounting pressure for ever more funding to erode its founding ideals of transparency, openness, and collaboration, end quote, how wrote. When were they ever transparent, open, and collaborative? That's the question I have. What a joke, folks. Seriously. You see how these guys operate and, and people trust them. Yeah, Elon Musk bought Twitter because he's going to make it open and about free speech. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Elon Musk took $45 billion out of his uh, stocks to buy Twitter to give you free speech. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you still believe that line of nonsense? I, I my head almost exploded having to listen to that for two months on on Twitter and everywhere else. I, I kind of trust him. He restored Bojo fourteen Flagheads account. That guy was great. If he restored that, then Elon Musk must be the purveyor of free speech. Why, in fact, he is Iron Man, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain TV slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, let's get back to this uh, Vice article here, folks. It says, to open AI, though the GBT, uh, GPT rollout was a success and stepping stone toward where the company is now, quote, I think that it is definitely part of the success story framing, end quote, Miles Brundage, the current head of policy research, said during a meeting discussing GPT-2. Howe reported, quote, the lead of this section should be, we did an ambitious thing, now some people are replacing it, and here are some reasons why it was beneficial, end quote. Since then, OpenAI appears to have kept the hype part of the GPT-2 release formula, but nixed the openness. GPT-3 was launched in 2020 and was quickly exclusively licensed to Microsoft. GPT-3 source code has still not been released, even as the company now looks toward GPT-4. The model is only accessible to the public via chat GPT with an API, and OpenAI launched a paid tier to guarantee access to the model. That's what I was telling you about. Uh, you pay the $20, and you can get access to it uh, even when they're Website is getting high traffic or whatever nonsense these guys talk about. Um, and uh, I haven't looked into it. If, if Microsoft gets a slice of that action, they probably do. I have no idea. Doesn't really matter. It just goes to show you it's, it's all the same players behind this stuff. It's the same guys, folks. All these giant military contractors. Goes on to say there are a few stated reasons why OpenAI did this. The first is money. The firm stated in its API announcement blog, quote, commercializing the technology helps us pay for our ongoing AI research, safety, and policy efforts, end quote. Well, of course, companies have research and development arms. They charge for their product. They do more research. So OpenAI, that's all it is. It's just a company doing research to sell its product. At the same time, they're opening the API which uh, think of it like creating a funnel to allow other companies, third-party companies, to suck out sort of this, this background. I think of it like Ethereum, I told you, is this protocol to develop central bank digital currency technologies on top of it. That's what they're doing now. So they're opening up the GPT to allow other companies to build technologies on top, meaning that this is going to be injected into Pretty much everything, folks. You're, I told you, you're going to be talking to your phone like they tried to do Siri. Many people don't use it. Or Alexa, uh, Amazon's Alexa. That's what it's going to be now. So you're going to talk to everything. Any kind of app you're using, uh, word processing, you're just going to be talking to it. So what I do there with Glenda, you'll be doing right inside of Microsoft Word. Uh, so if it doesn't have it already, I, don't, I haven't checked. I don't know. goes on to say the second reason is a stated bias toward helping large companies. It is, quote, hard for anyone except larger companies to benefit from the underlying technology, end quote. OpenAI stated, finally, the company claims it is safer to release via an API instead of open source because the firm can respond to cases of misuse. All right, so the idea of giving it to the people was just a complete and total sham. Don't think they changed course. This was always the goal. 
These are snake oil salesmen. These are con men, folks. Con men. And this was all about introducing the replacement for humanity to the general public, just to get it out there. That's what's happening. Goes on to say Altman's AGI blog post on Friday continues OpenAI's pattern of striking a sunny tone even as it strays further from its founding principles. Oh, kind of like our country. Goes on to say many researchers criticize the lack of uh, criticality and substance in the blog post, including failing to define AGI concretely. Quote, y'all keep telling us AGI is around the corner, but can't even have a single consistent definition of it on your own damn website, end quote, tweeted Tinmint Gebru, a computer scientist who was fired from Google for publishing a groundbreaking paper about the risks of large language models, which includes its dangerous biases and the potential to deceive people with them. Uh, And that's actually on my radar of something we're going to be uh, covering tomorrow. Goes on to say, Emily M. Bender, a professor of uh, linguistics at the University of Washington and the co-author of that paper tweeted, quote, they don't want to address actual problems in the actual world, which would require seeding power. They want to believe themselves gods who could not only create a super intelligence, but have the uh, uh, beneficence to do so in a way that is aligned with humanity, end quote. That's That's great. Super intelligence, right? These are gods. I've told you, these people are not gods. They play God. They want to be God, but they are hackers, hijackers, pirates, and thieves. Goes on to say, the blog post comes at a time when people are becoming more and more disillusioned with the progress of chatbots like ChatGPT. Even Altman has cautioned that today's models are not suited to do anything important. It's still questionable whether human-level AGI will ever exist. But what if OpenAI succeeds at developing it? It's worth asking a few questions here. Now, remember we were talking about uh, the, the model with, in the beginning of the show with the test they were developing where uh, I gave you the instance, like if you called in the show and I had you typing and then I had chat GPT and I asked a question, you both answer, we decide whether or not that's human. This is what they're running in real time with everyone interacting with it. This is the test being done to see how much uh, people actually believe it's a human because the chatbots are installed, I told you, in customer service now when you go to AT&T, T-Mobile, uh, Xfinity, Verizon. I'm just giving you examples of stuff you may have interacted with. Uh, and you're chatting. You're not talking to a person. You're talking to a chatbot. You're talking to a robot powered by something like chat gpt it could very well be chat gpt and if you accept it as real then it's done its job and it replaces a lot of people it goes on to say will this ai be shared responsibility developed openly and without a profit motive as the company originally envisioned Or will it be rolled out hastily with numerous unsettling flaws and for a big payday benefiting OpenAI primarily? Will OpenAI keep its sci-fi future closed source? Of course that's going to happen. They've already proved that that's what they're going to do. On top of it, Microsoft 
is now, uh, last I read, is a 49% stakeholder in this thing, and they have exclusivity on introducing the API that uh, powers this stuff. They're housing it at their data centers on their supercomputers. So if they reach this point of this artificial um, generative intelligence, of course this is going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Of course. It goes on, Microsoft's OpenAI-powered Bing chatbot has been going off the rails, lying and berating users and spreading misinformation. OpenAI also cannot reliably detect its own chatbot-generated text, despite the increasing concern from educators about students using the app to cheat. People have been easily jailbreaking the language model to disregard the guardrails OpenAI set around it, and the bot breaks when fed random words and phrases. Nobody can say why exactly, because OpenAI has not shared the underlying model's code. And to some extent, OpenAI itself is unlikely to fully understand how it works. With all of this in mind, we should all carefully consider whether OpenAI deserves the trust it's asking for the public to give. OpenAI did not respond to a request for comment. So they refused to respond to a request to Vice, which is big. Uh, should we give it the trust? It's a, give it the trust. Look at the original founders. Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, and others connected to the CIA like Sam Altman and others. All right. And then on top of it, with money coming in initially from DARPA, right, from DARPA, the government, the state, all this built on top of what was created under the Rockefeller Foundation and funded by DARPA over the years. Give them trust. Give them trust. Are you out of your mind? All right, let's jump back to sociable.co. And remember, I ended with this quote by Zaya Khan, Senior VP of Innovation at the Rockefeller Foundation. And this is in 2020. All right. We need to know, uh, we need to now create a new institution that continue being the gardener for AI because AI is going to leave home soon. And we hope it becomes a productive member of society. Right, so that quote in 2020, AI was already on the verge of being introduced. OpenAI had already been working on everything behind the scenes and now getting ready to be released from home and going out into society. So Zaya Khan, and as you know, I'll just repeat one more time here, Senior VP of Innovation at the Rockefeller Foundation, tells the sociable that AI will be deeply integrated in the entire human experience and how we choose to govern it is how we will determine our future alongside of it. Who is deciding on the governance of this? I'm asking you this question. Who is deciding on how to govern it? It's the scientists, the technocrats, the investors, and the state. You have no say in this matter whatsoever, and neither do I. We're having a discussion about it, but this discussion has no bearing on what these guys choose to do with it. goes on to say, while the Bretton Woods agreements gave birth to the rulemaking institutions of the World Bank and International Monetary Fund, the Rockefeller Foundation is looking to, quote, develop a practical rulemaking Bretton Woods-inspired framework to govern AI, end quote. We've gone over Bretton Woods. 
on this show, right? This is where we created International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Right here in the United States, this was all going on at the same time we were developing the World Federalist Society, the World Constitution, all while World War II is happening. We put together the Marshall Plan to go push American mass production and American mass consumption into Europe. This is, and now they want the Bretton Woods Convention of Artificial Intelligence. Nothing good came of the Bretton Woods Convention. I showed you in past shows, using the timeline on International Monetary Fund's website, they go in and they hijack countries. We start wars, we destable countries, either through bloody war or through financial collapse, and then we come in with the IMF and we hold them a check and we go, here's a check! We'll rebuild your water structure, knowing that that country can never pay it back. We make them default on the loan, and then we seize their country, take their natural resources, and install puppets in as the head of their governments. Well, now the Rockefeller Foundation wants a Bretton Woods version on uh, artificial intelligence. And we'll look at this right here, RockefellerFoundation.org. And this is an article from July 2020. Written by Zai Khan. He's the senior vice president. That's the guy we're talking about. It says, a Brenton Woods for AI, ensuring benefits for everyone. And we're going to get into this uh, because it's right on the Rockefeller site. But I want to go through this because there's some other good quotes in this article. It says, in October, the foundation, Rockefeller's, brought together some of the brightest technologists, economists, philosophers, and thinkers who would come away inspired to create a collection of ideas and calls to action in a single report called AI Plus One, Shaping Our Integrated Future. And we have that uh, based on their discussions. AI Shaping Our Integrated Future. What is that? Force industrial revolution, the merger of the physical, biological, and digital worlds, integrated. Goes on to say, quote, the conversation wasn't always easy, end quote, said Khan, quote, but at the core, it was a fantastic conversation. And the area we landed on was the need for governance for AI, end quote. So who's deciding on the governance? Um, let's look again. The brightest technologists, economists, philosophers, and thinkers. Who are those folks? People like Yuval Noah Harari, people like Elon Musk, people like Peter Thiel. These are the guys that are having the ethical debate on how AI should be governed and the rules on how it should be allowed to affect our lives and shape humanity, society, culture, and governance. Folks, this is why I focus on this stuff. This is reality. This is actually the world we live under. This is the type of stuff I try to explain to my dear father and my dear mother. Stop focusing on TV and thinking that these stories that are going on have anything to do with the future of the world that you're living inside of and you're about to send your children and grandchildren into. This is the world. This is the real world. This is what they're not teaching. All right? You're about to be sent into a technocratic prison planet. And you either have to learn to navigate it, escape it, or you need to understand the rules and how this system actually works if you want any chance, any chance 
and even a semblance of freedom, liberty, privacy, prosperity, or autonomy inside of this system. Spread this show around, folks. I I just don't know anyone else who's going into this stuff. But if you really want to know about the world you live in, come right over here to the Dustin Gold Standard because I think, and I'm not bragging, but I think I figured it out, folks. This is actually the real world. This is what affects you. Everything else that's going on, the corruption, the grifts, the scams, the schemes, those go on under any form of government anywhere throughout mankind. But what is actually governing you, what is actually having an effect over your life, what is actually going to be able to punish you is this system right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 